Welcome back to the Cabinet of Wonders on NPR, because the time is right for a little variety. When the children have been good, that is, be it understood, good at mealtimes, good at play, good all night and good all day, they shall have the pretty things this Cabinet of Wonders brings. But... Naughty, romping girls and boys who tear their clothes and make a noise, spoil their pinafores and sheets, and deserve no special treats such as these will never yet enjoy this special cabinet. The door is locked. Your money is spent. May I present the cabinet, its contents, and its discontents. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, might I announce that we are taping tonight's performance for NPR. <laughs> to my right, the greatest friend of the cabinet, one of New York's funniest, Mr. Eugene Merman. Eugene Merman. Now, I said to Eugene, will you ever play music with me on a stage? And Eugene said, sort of. And, and, then, I said, and then you said... I've always had a fantasy of doing one-liner jokes with, and playing like an instrument, like a lot of comedians do. Uh, so we've come to a mutual middle ground where what I'll do is I'll play the theremin as Wes and I read tweets. Are you I'll, good at the theremin? Um, I'm, I don't play it wrong. <laughs> but I don't play it right. Let's give it a little whirl. Okay. Okay, that's a theremin. So I'll read the first tweet. Yes. News fact, the NYPD threw away the donated Occupy Wall Street library because four copies of Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal attacked three officers. I just asked my five-year-old daughter to complete the following Beatles title. Abby, her hopeful reply... Abby Rosen? It's true. Wow, I just found out that Lou Reed and Metallica met through LinkedIn. The best thing about these Dr. Dre headphones is that they keep your ears warm. Mind you, he is a doctor. So disappointed that Water for Elephants is not about a fair and mutually agreed-upon exchange between two groups of circus people. Me, I just got you a present from the Apple Store, five-year-old child. I know what it is. A honey crisp. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he'll be back with his amazing theremin moves, Mr. Eugene Merman. Will you please... Welcome to the stage, the King Charles Trio. This is the song on which my daughter is the first voice you hear. And she goes, Everybody? Mom, he's here. He comes a knocking on a Friday night with a box of black magic and a bottle of white. And if she's with him, she waits outside. Watch her do a lipstick in the passenger light Oh, mum gets quiet, mum gets sad She sits in the kitchen, lost in the wall ads 
mom She makes the breakfast, walks us all to school Works at the municipal swimming pool It's sad he moves so far away We're doing up his house now so we can stay Oh, how we smiled, how we laughed When he turned up in a sports car No one's quite as much fun as Uncle No one's quite as much fun as Uncle No one's quite as much fun as Uncle Ted He's there in that warning He's gone in the morning It never gets boring On the firing range Gets a little tense At the hostage exchange Not all the hostages Want to go I'm the peacemaker So I go with the flow Oh, out to the car And in the back seat On with the seatbelts Out with the sweets And no one's quite as much fun As Uncle No one's quite as much fun Driveway, blimey, it's Friday. His car is untidy. Uncle Dad. I remember once when he came in for a drink and he was there in the morning. Sitting in the kitchen with a mug of instant coffee, yawning. Mum was smiling when we went to school. Later she was in mourning. It's always presents and it's always treats. Back home is TV and it's just repeats. Says he thinks that life's one long cartoon He really wishes mum would get a boyfriend soon Oh yeah, we like her Auntie Jane But we can't wait to get home again though No one's quite as much fun as Uncle No one's quite as much fun as Uncle No one's quite as much fun as Uncle Dad Without warning, he's gone in the morning. It never gets boring. Uncle Dad. May I introduce from the Decemberists, Christopher Funk on lead guitar. Also from the Decemberists on the drums, he sings like a bird, Mr. John Moen on the drums. John Moen. On the bass guitar, Nate Query. On the keyboards, you love her, Jenny Conley, Jennifer Conley Drizos. On the 12th string guitar, please welcome, currently unemployed, Mr. Peter Buck. Peter Buck. And the lead singer of the Minus Five and the Young Fresh Fellows, one of America's great songwriters, here to sing for you purely as my backing vocalist. 
emasculated at last. Will you please welcome Scott McCoy? And before I bring on the, uh, the first guest, we'd like to play a little Procol Harem. Or as we call them in England, Procol Harem. A local picture house was playing a Batman movie. Seen this guy fly up in the sky and I thought to myself, why shouldn't I? So I bought a pair of wings, went up upon a wall. Was about to jump into the air when a man from the street called me said, Wait a minute, don't you realize the danger? What do you think you are, some kind of angel? I considered for a minute, thought he only spoke the truth. But the barbells on my lids only emphasize my youth. And the sawdust in my plimsolls meant the same to him as me. But that's neither here nor further. So I spoke considerately If you understand just what I'm trying to say Don't grin now, you'll give the game away By now a crowd had gathered And it seemed that all was lost In the anger of the moment I had diced with death and lost it seemed to me the time was right So I burst in a song In the anger of the moment The crowd began to sing along I could not see a way out of this predicament Just then a breeze blew the trees Up in the air I went up in the air
gentlemen, the astonishing King Charles Trio, they'll be back. We have a lot of good cover versions for you this evening coming up. Each of the people playing tonight I've written a little poem for. The best ever limerick, in my opinion, is there was a young man from Japan whose limericks would never scan. When I asked why it was, he said it's because I always try and fit as many words into the last line as I possibly can. <laughs> this was replaced recently by a better limerick, which is, there was a young man from Peru whose limericks end on line two. Now that's a good limerick. No, I didn't write that. That's just quality stuff I'm bringing to you. There was a young lady called Audrey, about who I'm writing bad poetry. Her books are divine and great favorites of mine, but this limerick tactless and tawdry, author of one of the great novels of the last few years, I believe, and I'm sure you've read it and you love it too. Author of The Time Traveler's Wife, one of my favorites. Please will you welcome Audrey Niffenegger. Well, yowza. I've been kind of preoccupied for the last week or so because I found out that my most favorite bookstore on the planet is going to close. And uh, this would be the fabulous Bookman's Alley in Evanston, Illinois. So I sat down and, and wrote a piece called Requiem for a Bookshop. And uh, I should begin by pointing out that while Bookman's Alley is a real place and Roger Carlson, its proprietor, is a real person, I don't have permission to do this, so I hope he doesn't sue me or anything. <laughs> I should also mention that uh, the other two characters in here, uh, Mr. Openshaw and Alexandra, are... Uh, characters from a previous piece of mine called The Night Bookmobile, in which um, Alexandra discovers that not only does she have her own personal bookmobile that contains everything she's ever read, but that it emanates from a place called the library, which is essentially heaven, and contains all the books ever by anyone. So, Mr. Openshaw stood in the alley outside the newly defunct bookshop it was just after midnight, and New Year's Eve was now the new year. I could hear fireworks and gunshots in the distance. There was a thin layer of snow on the ground, and I stuck out my tongue to catch a stray snowflake as I walked down the alley. Mr. Openshaw was silhouetted by the light of the bookshop window. He turned to me and beckoned. We looked through the window at the man who sat at the front desk. Roger Carlson was a fine-looking old gentleman, still tall and rangy, with an enviable full head of white hair and clear blue eyes. Tonight, he sat leaning on his elbows, chin propped in his hands, staring blankly into the depths of his shop. I looked at Mr. Openshaw. He nodded. I rapped on the window. Roger started and squinted at us. I bent and put my face close to the glass. Roger beamed at me and shook his head. Why, I heard you had died. Yeah, I said. That's kind of why I'm here tonight. I wasn't sure what to say. I'd never done this before. This is Robert Openshaw. He's my colleague at the library. Roger nodded. You work with Alexandra at the Sulzer? No, said Mr. Openshaw. We both work for the library now. We're in the acquisitions department. I handed Roger my card. It read, The library. Alexandra Openshaw, librarian. Ours? Eternity. Roger glanced at the card again. 
You work for an eternal library? We're dead, Mr. Openshaw said. We've got all the time in the world. And all the books ever written. It's quite a complete collection. Roger smiled at me, ruefully. So you've come for me? No, I said. We've come for your bookshop. I gestured at the interior of the shop, which was ordinarily pretty orderly and quite inviting. Tonight, it looked as though it had been burgled. Books were heaped in piles on the floor, willy-nilly. There were empty shelves. The comfy chairs were full of old magazines and cardboard boxes were stacked in ominous piles, ready to be filled with all the unsold and unwanted books. The shop was called Bookman's Alley. It was 31 years old, and tonight it had died. It was the bookshop of my youth. I had brought boyfriends here, had spent hours dreaming and wandering through these labyrinthine aisles of bookshelves. Bookman's Alley sold used and rare books. They never had a website, never sold a single volume on Amazon or Abe Books. The shop had been left behind by an electronic world. We've come to collect the soul of your bookshop for the library, if that's okay with you, I said. Once it's part of the library's collection, it will be open 24-7 for infinity. I'd like that, Roger said. Mr. Openshaw had brought a bottle of champagne and three glasses. We toasted Bookman's Alley and the New Year. Then I asked Roger if he was ready, and he nodded. Mr. Openshaw took a tiny purple velvet box out of his pocket. It was the kind of thing an engagement ring might come in. He opened it as though he were about to propose. Will it fit in there? asked Roger. It's so small. I would have thought a bookshop's soul would take up more space. Mr. Openshaw smiled. It really has no mass at all. It's pure energy. Mr. Openshaw stood and held out his hands to the bookshop. An invisible, silent transformation began. The space inside the box suddenly became intensely desirable, peaceful, beloved. It was though all knowledge, all longing for home, all rest and beauty, all art, music, botany, history, math, science, and sex had converged on the little velvet box. Mr. Openshaw closed his hands, and we looked around at the bookshop. It was desolate. The books were only paper and board, common books that no one loved. It no longer smelled of leather and dust. Are you leaving now? Roger said. I caught Mr. Openshaw's eye. We can stay all night, I said to Roger. Have some more champagne and tell us stories. Tell us about Bookman's Alley from the very beginning. We all settled in and began to hold a wake as the snow piled up against the door and sporadic fireworks punctuated the night. The soul of the bookshop was safe in Mr. Openshaw's pocket, ready and waiting for any reader who might like to browse there on some remote afternoon in eternity. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Audrey Niffenegger. Excuse us just for a moment. We're going backstage for a bit of toast and a jam. While Nicole Atkins tunes up. I just added that bit. Ad lib. I just put an indefinite article right in there. It was good. When you're back, we expect to find you still here. You're listening to NPR. Welcome back to the Cabinet of Wonders on NPR. <laughs> At the suggestion of A.C. Newman, a man of considerable acumen, you're bound to be enthralled, if not 
please blame Carl or yourself. If you like it moody and quiet, but you yearn for noise and hunger for riot, may I recommend The Atkins Diet. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the very wonderful Nicole Atkins. Thanks. Good to see you guys. So uh, I'm going to play a bunch of songs about not lending money to people that you aren't married to. (laughs) This first one uh, was written by a very, very good friend of mine named Robert Harrison. We bought gas grills and stoves for T-Nexit Kangaroo. That was 4,000 miles from our natural home. And I left when he asked. Does he really look good? I wish I had that one back Cause I'd tell him yes like nobody else could Come broken time was our money The great temptation I'm lost when no one can find me I think of him And my future's behind me So now I'm back To join the great parade Aren't you done yet? Then broke my heart with his last cigarette. There are some things a girl tries so hard to forget. Like that face that he made when I knew had changed Now he's gone I've marched on to some secret song that can drown out his name Gone broken time was our money Great temptation I'm going where no one can find me I think of him And my future's behind me So now I'm back To join the great I'm back to join The great parade Join the great parade. 
Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicole Atkins, who will now be accompanied by the King Charles Trio. I'm so psyched I don't have to play guitar anymore. <laughs> this song is called Hotel Plaster, and me and Jenny are going to start it off. Don't shake the change out of your pockets in the boudoir. That might wake someone there beside you who would scold you, boy. My pain could learn to play the violin, but it might not bring you back. At least we'd have a pretty sound. Nicole Atkins. And on the tambourine, Audrey Niffenegger. 
I love it when the writers come on. Ladies and gentlemen, the King Charles Trio, give them a round of applause. You know, sometimes really beautiful things happen with the cabinet, which is when an old friend rings up or emails, as people tend to do nowadays, and says, I'm in town, would you like a hand? Will you please welcome to the stage, poemless, but in no way unappreciated, Mr. Once of Harvey Danger, Mr. Sean Nelson. Sean Nelson. Thank you. I think it's safe to say there aren't very many artists who can be said to define their century. And I mean, I know what you're thinking, and it's very generous, but I think the 21st century is young yet. But, um... Uh, you know, there's your Beethovens and your Shakespeare's and the guy who invented reality TV. But I think that the, um, the band that I'm going to play a song by is definitely on my list for bands that sort of are the 20th century in my mind. Uh, but this is a song... Yeah, yes? Sorry, did you guys hear something? The radio might be tuned kind of in between two stations, and so it sounds like somebody's telling me to play a song and stop talking, but... That's really just a pledge drive on the other station. <laughs> and by all means, you know, make a contribution and be generous.
Thank you very much. You're listening to the Cabinet of Wonders. We have a few tricks yet up our sleeves. Don't go away. It's so nice to do that. This is the Cabinet of Wonders, where words, music and comedy get their seven minutes in heaven, lipstick stains and all. Thank you. Oh, my goodness, the show's reaching its tawdry musical climax. Townsman, cast your eyes on Merman. No Australian Bruce or warlike German of Russian stock, this comic, sir. Like Yakov Smirnov. Only funny, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your old friend, Eugene Merman. You guys are top-notch clappers. I was in London. I did a bunch of shows in London, and um, one of the things that happened to me was I dislocated my shoulder. I fell down some stairs and had to go to the British emergency room, which is very nice. They just go, like, where do you live? And I'm like, America. And they're like, no problem. And then they bring me in, and, uh, and, they, and they put me in one of their sweet hospital beds, and they gave me morphine. And as they're giving me morphine, I look at the doctor, and I go... Could you put on the Velvet Underground? <laughs> no, they didn't have it. They knew they'd be giving someone morphine that night. Not even on their iPhone. So ill-prepared, British Hospital. I was in Western Mass, and I saw that uh, Linens and Things was going out of business. I know. So sad. I was like, my first thought was, should have been more specific. <laughs> I live in Park Slope in Brooklyn, and uh, yes. And there's a, a health food uh, natural store that opened next to me, and I went into it, and, and there was this thing they were selling, botanical cures that I adored. This is one. It's called uh, Impatines. Let me see if I can read this tiny writing. Helps you deal with slow situations or people with good humor rather than impatience or irritability. <laughs> this is another one. Centuri. It helps you take care of your needs and assert yourself if you find it hard to say no to others. <laughs> like, I don't know where the FDA comes in, but I feel very strongly that these have not been approved. Uh, so what I decided to do was that I would sell my own Eugene-themed elixirs. This is one. Uh, I call it slippers. They all have a name. This is to avoid running into someone you know when you're on the street and you need to go to the bathroom. Here's another one. Silk Road. Helps interns deal with sexual harassment through legal action instead of an awkward, bitter smile. Wow, that is the clap of an intern. <laughs> Breezeway. Replaces the disappointment of having a self-destructive teenager with the feeling of watching Die Hard on a snowy Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Hot socks. This is to feel good about yourself after you had sex with someone you thought was awesome but then said something really dumb or kind of racist. 
I call this one whispers and pepper. Ooh, that's pretty. Replaces the feeling that your marriage is lacking affection with the memory of sledding. <laughs> Lemon whisper. Let's you take back trying to kiss your good friend who doesn't like you back. Aww. But that's a medicine you need. 17-year-old. Thank you very, very much. I now bring you back to the wonderful John Wesley Harding. Yes. If he were a Pisces, he'd be facing some crises. If Taurus... He might forget the chorus. But, oh, Solomio, he's Virgo, not Scorpio. Ladies and gents, it's Ted Leo. I, uh, I attempted to crowdsource what song I was going to play backstage earlier. And we did crowdsource it, and I said, okay. And then about 30 seconds later, when the crowd had left, I was like, no, I don't want to play that one. So... I'm going to play the other one, actually. Uh, it's called Bottled and Cork. Oh, and um, if you are familiar with it, like the great Paul Stanley once said, sometimes you want to sing along, but you don't think it's cool. Then you look over next to you and you see the cool person singing along, and you're not. So extrapolate and, you know, help me out at the end. There was a resolution pending on the United Nations floor Wow, in reference to the question, what's a peacekeeping force for? Who believed it would be solved in a day? No one who walked out of that building on the 8th of May And the time soon it won't I got a message from my sister She just had a kid I took it to Copenhagen To see how she did My head could start on the Canadian He called me scared Though the charge of Roman internationals well hit Someone is listening on my phone When I show up on the grid Me, I'm just a loner In a world full of kids he goes and dance A year before and we were getting and getting bottled in cork On television, Congress crying about abuse in the park I told the bartender we were all from New York Sometimes a path of least resistance Would gain you the most More than trying to map the distance Up and down the East Coast When you're in Munich making music Raise your glass and say prost Make it easy on your host Far away, your tribunal mockeries of justice still dog my steps till I see that next smiling face. A little goodwill goes a mighty long way. A little goodwill goes a mighty long way. I finally made it up to Sweden to see little dove. Some folks remembered our last meeting and bought me no grudge. And from the bartender, complimentary mugs. Oh, if only I could stay wow. What am I afraid of? All this psychic damage of all the years I made up. Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love. Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love. Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love. Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love. 
love Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love Tell the bartender I think I'm falling in love 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 I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Thanks. Warming up. Ted Leo. Just warming up. We asked Ted to uh, pick a cover song of his choice. He picked something wonderful and complicated. And we got a little Sean Nelson action back to help us with this song. Speed along the skyway Honey, I want it my way But listen to her daddy's song Don't stay out too long But we were only hiding Sitting in the backseat of my car can get over to New York City and listen to her daddy's song making love is wrong but we were only hiding sitting in the backseat of my car
awesome Ted Leo. Fantastic, Ted. We're going to get everyone back on the stage here now, please. Will you please welcome back to the stage everyone? And a little quiet now, ladies and gentlemen, please. Our cabinet is now ended. These are actors, as I foretold you, were all spirits and are melted into air, thin air, like the baseless fabric of this Vivian Westwood suit. <laughs> the brilliant songs, the thought-provoking readings, the slightly drunk comics, the great city winery itself, yes, all which it inherits shall dissolve, and like this insubstantial pageant faded, leave not a guitar pick behind. We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with a sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, the cabinet is closed. This is NPR. A song in the morning, singing it again at night. I don't even know what I'm singing about, but it makes me feel I feel alright. Yeah, yeah, it makes me feel I feel alright. Singing a song in the morning, singing it again at night. I don't even know what I'm singing about, but it makes me. I feel alright, yeah, yeah It makes me feel I feel alright Got it! Here we go. Yeah. 